The Plumley Pod, episode 39. Prepare to lift the lid on all things education, not indoctrination. Your voice of reason for home education. The Plumley Pod. Hello and welcome to the Plumley Pod. I'm your host, Sarah Plumley, and I'm going solo again this weekend, flying solo. I have got so much to tell you about. I was worried about hijacking one of my guests because there's a load of stuff that I just wanted to say. So I put off my guest until next week because I just had to tell you about all of this stuff. Coming up, we have the delivery driver gods. Yes. Aren't they getting nasty, these delivery people who think that they're terribly important? Why aren't you at home in time for me to deliver your Amazon box of garbage? That attitude is really getting to me. We have more bankster woes. Yes, they really are crooks, aren't they? They're banksters. They are crooks. They are crooked as they come. More on that shortly. And a stroke of luck. Well, it's kind of a backhander because... Luck seems to be in quite short supply for people like us at the moment. However, I'll take what I can get right now. So where shall I begin? I think I'll just dive in with the bankster stuff and get that out of the way because my favorite part of this week is the delivery driver gods. I'm really going to get stuck into those. Anyhow, I've had some trouble lately with the banksters. My British account has been closed why did I owe them money? No, I didn't actually. I'm one of the goody goodies who don't, doesn't owe anybody anything actually. But they wanted to boot me out. And why? Something to do with Britain no longer being part of the EEA, the European Economic Area. And that's about the extent of my understanding. You know, how does Richard Branson get on? You know, is he only allowed a, a bank where his business is? Probably some offshore little place that he wouldn't want to live anyway. I don't know. I literally don't know how they do it. But Little me and my husband, we've been booted out of our Barclays accounts and they didn't do it very nicely either. Very, very underhand. Before I get to what probably is hypothetically Barclays Bank, you know, it could be another bank. I might have forgotten that sort of ass covering malarkey. But before I get there, the previous recording I did like this was regarding digital IDs. And I was complaining that one of my wallets that I used to transfer money, send money, hold money in various different currencies, such as US dollars. My lovely podcast producer is in the States, so I pay him in dollars. I pay some bills here in Europe because I'm in France. And therefore, when I need stationery for my school projects, uh, well, I, I don't mean school projects, I mean actual educational projects, but you know what I mean. When I need stationery, that was the programming right there, wasn't it? Did you hear that indoctrination? I need school stationery. No, it's stationery, Sarah. It's not school stationery. You have been indoctrinated by the system too. Yeah. Well, when I need to buy things for, for educational purposes or for the office, I pay in euros. And sometimes when I need to buy a gift for my mother's birthday, she's over there in the UK with most of you lovely guys, and I need to pay in pounds. So it makes sense for me to have a wallet that gives favorable transfer rates, better than bankster rates. Anyhow, but the problem with the particular firm I've using, which might be called Wise, probably isn't. I've probably forgotten the name and made a terrible mistake. So I'm not saying it is Wise, but let's just use them as an example. The company Wise that I hold a couple of wallets with, perhaps, wouldn't let me transfer money unless I sent a selfie. I know. What kind of perverts are they? They wanted a selfie, mind you, you know, I suppose if you got it, flaunt it, they say, don't they? I know my place. I have a, I have the face for radio, as they say. But they wanted a selfie. They wanted 
a copy of my passport. They wanted a copy of my driver's license. And I said, no, I'm not prepared to do that. Every time I wish to pay a bill, especially when it's to a company that I've paid many, many times before in the past, I have a relationship with, they can see that on my statements, my transactions. Why should I? Why should I go through this rigmarole? Oh, it's for security purposes. Well, it wasn't for security purposes when you let people steal money out of my account three times in the last 12 months, was it? Didn't work so good then. Security is, is, is for them and not for me, it would seem to be. Anyhow, I managed to find a sneaky way around this. I realized that if I paid in smaller denominations, it didn't trigger the, you need to show us a selfie to release your money. Now, this is slightly, well, I was elated at first. I was able to pay, instead of paying for my monthly podcast fees, I could pay by episode, for example. So it was smaller denominations and they seemed to go across no problem. So I was pleased with that. That was progress. But why didn't customer disservices tell me about this on the phone? Do you remember Moses? Do you remember Moses from my previous episode on digital IDs? Oh dear, Moses. Oh dear, oh dear. I think it was episode 37 off the top of my head. Customer disservice champion of the year, Moses. He never mentioned any of this. He just kept parroting that I had to do it. I had to send my selfie. I had to give my passport and my driver's license and or my driver's license if I wanted to transfer money. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd already submitted all of this stuff when I opened the accounts five, six, seven years ago. And they've seen those documents subsequently as well, actually, which a bank wouldn't do. Even the banksters aren't doing that, are they? Anyway, Moses could have placated me somewhat if he'd actually tried to help me solve the problem by transferring money in smaller denominations. Anyway, I thought, oh, this is wonderful. I can tell my people about this and they will be pleased too. And then I went to pay my bill yesterday. Again, it was a smaller amount. It was $150, something like that. And I tried to pay from my personal account with this wise company. Again, I might have forgotten the name. So I'm not saying it's wise. We're using that as an example. But I went to pay and they demanded a selfie, my driver's license and or my passport. Even with the smaller denomination, I couldn't add them and need it. What is going on? What is going on? I was furious. So the previous week when I thought, hooray, hooray, I found a way around this. I can't wait to bring some good news back to my people. Because when I left you, I was in a position where I couldn't transfer money even to people, even when I have the money, and even when it's people I've paid before without complying with all of these draconian, overzealous security cray-cray measures. And I thought, brilliant, I've got something good to share. Oh, hey, hey. Well, I'm glad I didn't share it too quickly. It's a good job these are fortnightly. I didn't shoot from the hip because yesterday it didn't work. So I nearly lost my temper, but I, no, count to 10, count to 10. It's a bit like teaching bottom set year nine. That is a masterful training in patience, believe you me. Bottom set year nine, mathematics, Tuesday morning, something like that. Oh my goodness. That's where you find your inner Zen warrior. My goodness me. Anyway, I was trying to be calm. So I switched into my business wallet with this same company and I tried to pay the same bill and it went through. So the exact same amount, that $150, wouldn't go through in my personal account, even though I've paid this company from my personal account before. But it did go through with my business account that refused to do it last time. So what is going on? That doesn't seem to be any hard and fast rule. I thought the rule was something like a certain amount of money, but that doesn't fit now because it let me do it from one of my accounts, but not the other. I am so frustrated. It just seems like those kind of tactics where you disrupt and disturb your enemy. You deliberately 
put obstacles in there rather than going toe to toe with them and having an honest fight, an honest debate, an honest argument, an honest boxing match, something with rules and dignity and respect. It's these dirty, underhand, bankster tactics. They're just crooks, aren't they? They're total, total crooks. Anyway, I, I apologize for not being able to say, hurrah, hurrah, I have a solution because I don't. It's like a sometimes it doesn't work from one account, try the other. Try and pay in smaller denominations. I, I know this is wishy-washy and I'm, that's as far as I've got. I'm dreadfully sorry. If I learn any more, and no doubt as the net tightens in on a naughty, naughty people who speak hurty-hurty words like I do, I shall keep you informed. Hopefully, if they're doing it to me now, they're not yet doing it to you. So you can kind of plan and prepare around this. At least that's the idea. As if this wasn't enough, as if this wasn't enough for one week. My husband has had some trouble with the banksters in the UK. These are the Barclays banksters. Maybe, again, I'm not very good with names, so I'm not saying it is Barclays, but let's just say Barclays as an example. It's a bit like saying Hoover, isn't it? We'll just use that as a generic bankster company. I'm not saying it is Barclays, but let's pretend it is. Anyway, my husband's banked there for many, many years, and he had a small inheritance in one of his accounts in the UK, and they've taken the money. Yeah, several tens of thousands of pounds. It wasn't a fortune. It wouldn't have been a hundred thousand pounds. It would be less than that. But they took all of it. He had a text message and it's always an event when a message happens in this household because I have no working telephone. My mobile phone is trained to not ring ever unless it is one of two VIPs, my best friend or my husband. So there's no way of making anything go ping. I have no notifications either on my computer desktop or on my smartphone, which I almost don't use. I almost don't have a smartphone, and I'm very proud of that. Anyway, my husband's phone went ping, and it's like, oh, an event. I told him off because it shouldn't be going ping, so I've made him change it so it doesn't ping anymore. But the notification, in any case, comes up on the screen, and it said, low balance warning from this fictional Barclays account in the UK. I thought, low balance warning? Isn't that the account with the inheritance in it? Yes. Yes, it is. Low balance meant 0.00, by the way. They'd literally cleaned out the account. So my husband did very well. I thought he was going to have a heart coincidence then and there. But then I remembered he, he like me, is very wise and is unjabbed. So he's therefore unlikely to have a heart coincidence, isn't he? Anyway, bless him. I really did feel for him in this moment. So he telephoned the bank. And for once, he got to speak to somebody who was clearly fluent in British English and actually knew what they were doing, which is a good job because he was about to blow his staff in Venice. And it turns out that because of this EEA rule, we live in France, our account is in the UK. Apparently, that's not allowed for peasants like us anymore. doesn't matter that we don't have any debts. It doesn't matter that we're no, no credit risk at all. They just don't want our money in their bank. Isn't that strange? Wouldn't you have thought that given that money's supposed to be the currency, the business of banks. They don't want money. Banks that don't want money. Hmm. I think we should perhaps look into that. That doesn't sound good to me. That sounds like a scheme. That sounds something very underhand. And I'm sure there'll be people who poo-poo and say, oh no, it's to do with the EEA. I think you'll find in section 3.952 that this is blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm sorry. No, I am sorry. No, this makes no sense at all. This is it's some kind of scam, isn't it? It's some kind of scheme. Anyway, because 
Britain is now out of the EEA or something, or at least as far as the banksters are concerned. My husband's money has been confiscated, all of it. He has no access to it, and he cannot even log into his online account anymore. They closed that the same day, which is wonderful, isn't it? Because you know those online statements they were telling you are much, much better and much, much more convenient for you. Well, how does he have access to those now? He doesn't because he's been locked out permanently of his account. So when they said, oh, it's greener, it's healthier, what they meant was they don't want to pay the printing fees. What you're supposed to do is print off every single statement once a month, because if they close your account, you don't have access to your statements. So you can't use those to show the inland revenue, for example, where money's gone or whatever. Wasn't that a neat little scam? We didn't print them out because, well, why would I? I'm not doing that kind of nonsense. No, no, no. If you don't send me the paper versions, as far as I'm concerned, it's their responsibility to do that. Have some of that. Anyway, so that, that's just a little as an aside, by the way, guys, if you're paperless, <laughs> you might want to change that and make the banksters do their printing. Yeah, charge them their paper costs and their ink. Those ink cartridges in printers are quite expensive, aren't they? So make sure your banksters are paying for that, not you, because actually, in the event they do close your account, what are you going to do then? You're not going to have your statements for the last five years, are you? That was another minor point. My husband didn't give a monkey's about that. He was just very distressed about where these several tens of thousands of pounds had gone. Anyway, the nice lady says he can now apply. The money has not been stolen, she said. Isn't that interesting? Because my husband said, he originally said it's fraud I've been stolen from. And I happen to agree with him. It does kind of seem like stealing. This is my money. I give it to the banksters to look after because they say that they obey the rules and they're the law on banking and blah, blah, blah. And then one day they decide to put your account to 0.00 and say, no, you can't have the money and you have to apply to get your money back. So there's now an online form to fill in. They want a copy of his passport. Of course they do. They want a copy of a recent bank statement to prove his address, which is hilarious because they're the banksters and they do the bank statements. So of course, you know me, I'm going to photocopy one of their bank account statements and send it to them. And they want a written letter signed with signatures giving permission to pay the money that they've stolen into a different account. Oh, it's just such a palaver. And to take somebody's money and then tell them they have to apply to have it back, how are they not in trouble for that. How is that not wrong? I'm sure it all complies with FSA, the Financial Services Authority. I'm sure it's compliant with law. But what do we know about law? The law can be no moral guide. Just because it's the law, it doesn't mean it's right. I think it's disgusting. A major bank can steal. It's not a large sum of money, but it is to us. To us peasants, that is a huge amount of money. And in any case, it doesn't matter whether it's £5 or £50,000. The banksters have no right to remove access to it, no right whatsoever. I don't care what their excuses and their legalese are. They behave like crooks because they are crooks, in my humble opinion. As an aside, I recently cancelled my subscription to The Daily Wire. I know, I know, stop shouting at me. I apologise ever having had a subscription to The Daily Wire. I wanted to watch that Matt Walsh do the What is a Woman documentary. What is a Woman? It was hysterical and I loved it. So it was actually worth paying a fee to watch him. I then stayed on because I wanted to watch Candice Owens's take a part of Black Lives Matter and that was good too. And I stayed because I still like some of the things, many of the things Jordan Peterson says. However, however, with all the shenanigans and these 
disgusting contracts. It was something to do with that comedian, Stephen Crowder or whatever his name is. I'm probably going to say it wrong because I'm not very hip. I don't watch television. I don't even have a television. So there was some scandal over this contract that Ben Shapiro, the leader of the Daily Wire, wanted this comedian to sign. He wanted to sign this comedian to have exclusive rights to his materials. Now, I don't care that these contracts are the done thing, that they are de rigueur, that they are legally sound. Just because it's legal, it doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's moral. There are many, many things in law that we shouldn't tolerate as a society, that we should be insisting upon reform of. But we don't. We just crack on. And it doesn't help that there seem to be almost no honest and decent lawyers and solicitors out there. Honourable exception must be Francis Hoare, of course. But I can't really think of another. And isn't that sad? Where are these guys? Why aren't they helping? Whose side are they on? Well, (laughs) the side of the banksters and earning the most money, obviously. But in any case, I told the Daily Wire, not to be mixed up with the High Wire. The High Wire is Del Big Tree, and they do fantastic work. I can decide, uh, raising awareness about poisons that governments want to stick into the arms of children. This is the Daily Wire. The Daily Wire is the Ben Shapiro outfit with Dr. Jordan Peterson, Candice Owens, Matt Walsh, and various other people that I'm not interested in at all. Anyway, when I emailed the Daily Wire to say why I was leaving, I gave them a piece of my mind regarding contracts that are about to little more than usury. They want to own you. These contracts mean that they own you. They own your image rights. They own your name, effectively. They own your name. They own your image rights. They own your materials. The contracts are predatory at best. And I would just call it what it is. It's usury. And I gave them what for about that. And I I, I said to them, just because it might be legal, just because it has stood up in court in the past or may well stand up in court in the future. It doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's moral. And I, I'm predicting in the not too distant future, there'll be a swing towards people who have acted honestly, faithfully and out of good conscience from a moral standpoint rather than from a legal one. Uh, an awful lot of people hide behind the law as though it's some kind of bastion of justice. How can it be a bastion of justice when it doesn't even pass a simple moral test? Is it moral to own somebody else's name? and picture, (laughs) image rights. Isn't that just a modern form of slavery? I'm going to leave that one there. Lest you know who comes for me. No, I'm joking. I don't care who comes for me. I really don't. I stand by what I say. These contracts amount to little more than a slave master's contract over a slave, if you ask me. So that kind of wraps up the bankster woes. Next on my hit list, oh, this is my favorite. I've been observing this over quite some time, and I find this perhaps most disturbing. Banksters always going to bankster, right? But what about these delivery drivers? Oh my, my, my. Given it's quite difficult to go into certain, well, for the last two and a half years, it was very difficult here to go into a shop because masks were mandatory. There were no exceptions here in France. It didn't matter who you were. There were basically no exceptions. Maybe if you were 65, they might have let you off, but I saw no evidence of that. Maybe there wasn't a notice or a mandate to say that it was permissible for people over the age of 65 to not wear one. I vaguely remember perhaps reading something on the French government website, although my French is not brilliant, so I wouldn't trust my translation if I were you. In practice, in the real world, I saw no evidence of that. I saw octogenarians wearing muzzles religiously indoors, outdoors, in the street, at a street market, an open-air market on the road. Unbelievable that the compliance with the muzzle wearing was shocking to me. 
my image of the French is that they love a good protest. Remember prior to the scandemic, they were on strike every summer, weren't they? Whether it was the Channel Tunnel, whether it was the air traffic control. The French love a good strike, a good protest, a good scrap with the gendarme in the, in the streets, don't they? So I was not expecting total com- muzzle compliance. It was truly, truly shocking. I really couldn't understand it at all, at all, at all. So I've been thrown out of most shops, most restaurants and most bars around here. Why? Because I refuse to wear a filthy rag on my face. I'm not a slave. I'm a woman, a real live grown woman. I'm an adult human female and I'm nobody's fool. So anyway, that that went down a bomb round here. I couldn't believe it. I thought my take on things would be popular with these rebellious French, but uh, nope, not at all, not at all. Although I did manage to get a bit of a reaction when I talked about the fact that grandparents or great-grandparents had died fighting the Nazis so that we didn't have to show our papers to authority. That actually did get a couple of people thinking. I wish my French had been uh, more sophisticated. I might have made my, I certainly made my point, but I might have made it better with a little bit more sophistication. But I, I'm trying. It's a difficult language, particularly in written form. My goodness me. Anyway, so it's been difficult to buy things is the point of this. And therefore, we are slightly reliant for some things on delivery drivers. And I'm getting really upset that the delivery driver apparently is now some sort of has been promoted to some sort of godlike deity. I don't mean that literally. I'm not here to offend anybody of any faith in particular. But I do see these delivery drivers as being put on a pedestal somewhat. We had a snotty email from Amazon a little while ago. I hate Amazon. I hate that I've ever purchased things from there. But I have. I admit it. Sometimes it's really difficult not to. And we had a snotty email saying, we tried to call you. You need to update your telephone. You didn't answer your telephone, blah, blah, blah. I don't, excuse me, excuse me, right, right. You want to telephone me to do what exactly? You know my address. Satellite navigation systems know my address. Most of the delivery drivers that deliver to this area know my address. I get frequent deliveries from all different kinds of companies because I run a business from home. Why do you need to speak to me is my first point. Number two. If you don't have an appointment, why would I pick up the phone? I have a stacked schedule, and it's not because I'm an important person. I'm not. Not at all. I don't see myself as some kind of Deborah Meaden or so, oh, heaven forbid. Oof, vile creature. Wasn't she horrible about Neil Oliver? What a nasty woman. Anyway, that was off the point. But I don't see myself as important. What I do see is that time is important. It's the only truly finite resource. The only thing that we all have this, uh, roughly the same amount of, at least the same amount of in each given day, in each given week, in each given month, in each given year. The only thing that we truly have equity or equality on is time. My time is precious. Your time is precious. Our time is precious. Do not let goons, morons, crooks and thieves steal your energy, your emotional energy, but especially your time. Do not let these creatures steal your time. When it comes down to it, when all is said and done, it is the only thing that we truly have. It's time. It isn't money. I know a lot of people think it is, but that can be taken away. Ask my husband. He's he's just lost quite a few grand overnight. Yeah, money can be taken from you. Homes can be taken from you. Cars can be taken away from you. 
your freedom, sadly, as we've seen in the last two or three years, can be taken away from you. But time, do not let them take your time. So I, I don't answer calls. I don't. If somebody wants to speak with me, they usually email me and we arrange a convenient time that suits the person who wants to see me, suits their schedule and suits my schedule because we're trading time and that's fair, isn't it? It's my time and it's the person, the other person's time. So we should do that sort of by mutual agreement. I view telephoning somebody out of the blue as rude these days. I know that that used to be the way things were done, but I've always viewed it as rude. I think your telephone at home and your personal mobile or smartphone, I don't think it's there for you. I think it's there for the state and organizations and companies to harass you when they want their money or when they want you to do this or when they want you to take their vaccine. It's for them to advertise to you. And it's for them, I wouldn't say terrorize, although if you are being hounded by the council for your taxes or something, it can be like being terrorized. But it's definitely there to bother you, to disturb you. Disturb, that's a funny word, isn't it? Disturb just doesn't mean just a leaf's been kicked out of place, does it? If something disturbs you, that's a deep uh, physical thing. It's visceral. So I don't have any of that. No telephones go off in this house. No notifications go off in this house. I have a schedule. I know who I'm speaking with and when. I turn up. My people turn up. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. And the great thing about having a, an email policy of that being your, your first port of contact, you don't have to open your emails. You can open your emails whenever you want. I open them on certain times at certain days only. That's my goal. I'm, I'm pretty good at sticking to it too. I do that when I'm ready to do that. You know, if I'm not in a good place, if I haven't done my gorilla time, oh, I'm going to have to explain that now. Gorilla time. Gorilla time is basically where you take time out for you. And I suggest you do it first thing. Start off with 30 minutes, 10, 10, and 10. 10 minutes for the mind, 10 minutes for the body, 10 minutes for the spirit. Do three things and try and push that out. So instead of 10 minutes each, 15 minutes each, then you've got 45 minutes gorilla time a day and so on. But my, I am not going to open my emails until I've completed my gorilla time because I'm not doing myself justice. And if I'm not doing myself justice, I can't do justice for anybody else. I can't be as good as I need to be to help other people if I'm too weak and ill-disciplined to help myself. So I've kind of spun the idea that gorilla time, taking time out for you, being selfish, it's a weakness. If you're not able to give yourself 30 minutes a day at the start of the day, what are you doing? What are we doing? That's not right. The only thing you have that is finite is time, people. Time, time, time. And these crooks are trying to steal it. Anyway, snotty Amazon. We tried to, I didn't even read the rest of it. I'm sorry. I'm not hanging around to take a call off a delivery driver. I have nothing against delivery drivers, but they're not serving as many people and as effectively as I am. I'm just not going there. Work harder at school if that's your thing. But I just, no, I'm sorry. Not having it. Not having it at all. I had a really interesting delivery driver this week. Here in rural southwest France, there's a rule that things close down between 12 and 2, 12 noon and 2 o'clock in the afternoon. This is when people take lunch. And in this country, quite large businesses literally close their shutters at midday and don't reopen them till 2. So if you're going to go and buy a new sofa at quite a large, famous sofa place, a living room sort of furniture, you're stuffed. If you go between 12 and 2, it'll be closed. Because here, people take lunchtime very seriously. They often go home to have lunch with their families or they go to a local restaurant or a tavern and have like a four or five course meal for 15 euros. Yeah, you heard that right. For 15 euros, a four or five course meal. It's kind of a set menu. It's either this or that. There isn't huge amounts of choice, but it's very good value. And 
it's culture around here. When we first moved, my husband and I went hungry a lot because we'd be busy fixing up the new house and trying to fight the garden, trying to bash it back into some kind of shape. And then we'd get hungry and we'd go out to get something to eat and it'd be quarter past one, say, and we'd be turned away because many of these restaurants, if you're not in before one, one fifteen, nope, you're too late. It doesn't matter that the space, they just don't operate like that. They're not especially business-minded, one might say, but they have their rules and basically you eat between 12 and 2 or you do not eat. It's the main meal of the day for many, many people. It's not to say the French don't do dinner in the evenings. They often do. But here, rurally, most people eat their main meal in the middle of the day. Uh, Lots of children eat with their parents and husbands eat with wives. People go home to do it. It's very nice, actually. It's one part of the French culture that I do like. They're taking family time. They're taking time to eat, to sit down and have a meal. They're not having a cheese sandwich on the loo like some of you poor slaves of Slavelandia in the United Kingdom and elsewhere around the world, right? It's the way we treat ourselves. It isn't terribly nice. And we could learn something from other cultures sometimes. Anyway, my husband and I got burned by this. Some of the things we ended up eating were vile because we'd missed lunch again. It took us a little while to realize that it wasn't a joke. This was a real thing and it was everywhere. Anyway, it stands to reason then that delivery drivers shouldn't be delivering between 12 and 2 because the business will be closed. It will be shuttered. There'll be nobody there. And actually, just because my business is at home, it doesn't mean that I'm going to give up my lunch time to hang around for a delivery driver that wants to break French culture. These aren't my rules. When I arrived here, I thought it was awful that I couldn't eat at a different time. I had to eat between these two hours or go hungry if you wanted to eat out in any case. But when in Rome, right, we're foreigners here. We're guests in this country. Yes, I pay my taxes here, but we're still guests. This is not our culture. I'm English. I'm not French. And my husband and I are very respectful of that. And we've fitted in very nicely. We've learned to get the hell to restaurants before 1.15. Let me tell you that. We certainly learned that eventually, but we haven't forgotten it. And I think what happened with this particular delivery driver is he thought, oh, this is a residential address, so they'll be in, so I can get away with doing a delivery between 12 and 2. Anyway, he was damn unlucky because A, I have principles, and B, we decided we'd go out for lunch because I didn't want to have to cook because I had a lot to do that day. Anyway, we went out about midday, arrived back at 1, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and I checked the mailbox to see if he'd left a slip to say he'd been while we were out. He hadn't, I thought, fantastic. Anyway, we had to nip back out but we knew we'd be back before two. We were back about 10 to two. And the guy had come between one in the afternoon and two in the afternoon because there was a slip in my box. And what he'd done on the delivery slip, he'd written passing by in the box where he's supposed to write the time that he attempted delivery. It says, as in hour, like what hour was he supposed to be there? He didn't write that. He wrote, I'm passing by and shoved it in the box. So I immediately photographed it to get the time. The photograph was taken at 14.03 and I sent it to the company because I was very unhappy that he'd attempted delivery between 12 and 2, which is not the done thing around here for business materials, business deliveries. Anyway, to add insult to injury, the driver must have reported that there was a problem with delivery, a problem with our address was incorrect or something like that, because the parent company, the company I'd bought the materials off rather than the delivery company, the parent company had emailed me to say, there is a problem with your information. We need you to call us and give us more information regarding your delivery. I nearly went ballistic. I nearly had a heart coincidence because that wasn't true. It was a lie. It was obviously a lie because there wasn't a problem with our address because he'd been here. How did we know he'd been here? He'd left a delivery slip, right? So there was no reason for me to need to call the company to update my address. I'm sorry, he found the address. This house has been here since the 1970s or something crazy. It's older than me. 
So it's been here a very long time and it's on a, not exactly a main road, but it is on a proper road rather than a dirt track, which is also not that usual for around here. Anyhow, I wasn't so annoyed that he'd broken the sort of the cultural rules around here. He's French. That's up to him if he wants to do that. I was more annoyed that he'd lied. He'd gone back to the delivery office and said, oh, tell the stationers that this address is wrong. No, the address isn't wrong, sunshine. You tried to pull a fast one and didn't get away with it. Anyway, I sent the photographic evidence to the, not just the delivery company this time, but to the the stationers, the company that I bought the stationery stuff from. And they were very, in fairness, they were apologetic. They were not customer disservice agents. They were decent. They were apologetic. And they said they would reschedule a delivery and that they would in future respect my business hours. And it obviously wasn't something that was unusual for them. I'm not the only person to say my business is closed between 12 and 2. You find me a business that's open around here between 12 and 2 that's not a restaurant. Crazy. Anyhow, the next day, this delivery driver shows up. He shows up at 10 to 2, by the way. Now, I could have been pedantic. I could have been my teacher persona, couldn't I? I could really have made him wait 10 minutes. But I didn't. I happened to be in that day and I was feeling reasonable. Anyway, he delivered these desks and these things that I've been needing for a while and off he went. And a little while later, my husband opened the boxes and started to build some of the bits of office furniture that I need. And they were damaged. Both desks had massive gashes in them. So we analyzed the boxes and both of the boxes that they came in had external damage. So hmm, doesn't take a head full of brains to figure out what's probably happened there. Is it a coincidence that both major pieces of furniture that were coming to this residence were damaged after I caught the driver out? I'd shown his company that he'd not written the time that he'd been here because that would have shown that he'd been here between 12 and 2, which is not the rigueur. And then he'd gone back to the delivery office to say, oh, the address was wrong or whatever, to complain that there wasn't enough information to make the delivery, which also wasn't true. It was a lie. And I think probably he got caught out. And But then he exacted revenge and now I have two damaged desks. So uh, yeah, I took some photographs and I've sent them back to the stationers and I've written probably what is quite an amusing... If you're French and you read that, you'll probably think it's hysterically funny because it's obviously been written by a foreigner. It's not terribly sophisticated. Say sabotage, no? It is sabotage, no? Oh my goodness. Well, anyway, I've made my point. I'm very sure that I will be understood and they haven't got back to me yet. So I know I've been understood because if it was an easy one to deal with, they'd have already come back to me. It's no big deal. If they offer me a reasonable discount off of the price that I paid, I probably will take it. But I just, you know... What kind of delivery driver? I'm not, okay, he might not have sabotaged, he might not have deliberately damaged both major items. There were three items or four items he delivered over the two days, the three days that he delivered stuff here this week. But two of them, after I'd complained to his company, the two big ones, the two most expensive ones came back. Both of them were damaged and they were damaged from the outside. So it happened in transit. Boxes on the outside were damaged as well as the materials inside. So, hmm. I don't believe in coincidence. I struggle with coincidence. But even, even, let's just say he didn't sabotage the two desks. Let's say he didn't do that. What I dislike strongly about the attitude of these delivery drivers is that they're insulted or offended that you're not in when they're ready to deliver. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. That is the wrong way around. You are the delivery driver. You're here to serve me, the customer. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not being classist. I'm not being funny. I'm actually working class anyway, so I have some of that. But what I'm saying is I do customer services. 
I have to apologize for things that actually aren't really my fault. That's part and parcel of being in customer services. You are here to serve. Delivery drivers are supposed to serve us. And they should be delighted when they're able to make a delivery that makes the customer happy. But they're not. They view it as they are so entitled. They get this paycheck and they don't seem to, it doesn't seem to register in their head that it's actually people like me that is literally paying his wages. If he had to be a one-man band, if he had to do delivery and he was paid per item he delivered on an individual basis, he would know very well that he wanted to make sure anything I sent or was being sent to me was delivered on time and in good condition because I would pay him on time and I would pay him a reasonable wage for that. But because this kind of centralized thing has happened whereby you know a major logistics company pays his wages or his salary once a month or once a week or whatever it is, it's like he's disconnected from the customers. He doesn't view the customer as his boss. He views the company that pays him as his boss. Well, where do you think the company that pays you gets the money from, pal? But that's the problem with these. I don't like to be talking about the left and the right, but that is the problem with a very socialist country. How socialist is that? I mean, it's backwards, isn't it? I mean, he should be fighting for me. I'm the one-man band working from home because I'm not allowed office space because I won't take a jab and I don't have a vaccine passport or a mask. So I now have to have an office at home because I'm not allowed I'm not allowed to go to rent office space. I'm banned. But he should be helping me out. I'm the little guy. I'm not one of the big corporations. And yet he's only interested in what his corporation, his company, says to him and puts money in his... But he doesn't even think about where that money's come from. See, not writing the time he arrived on the slip. How cowardly. And then thinking he'd be able to excuse it by, oh, I couldn't find the address or we need more information to make this delivery when that's not true. I just think the attitude, and you might think this is an isolated case, but it's not. This is everywhere now. All of this, your delivery will be here between 12 and 3. They're trying to put the onus onto you so that if you're not in between 12 and 3, I think in the future you're going to have to pay a second delivery charge. I think if you're not there with your two, in your two or three hour time slot for delivery because of quote unquote carbon garbage, (laughs) carbon footprint nonsense. I think they're going to start billing you for a second attempt. These delivery drivers are not particularly honest because they're not working for themselves because they're working for a, a large company. They think they can get away with it pretty much because they can. Most people don't take the time to complain and I don't blame people for that. It's difficult. We don't have a lot of time. We Time is precious, as I was preaching about earlier. So I do get that. But I think we've got to be careful with these delivery drivers. I think we should all start complaining and all start making sure these these large companies like Amazon or anybody where you have something delivered to the house from a large company, we've got to start really pushing back on these people now. Because with all of this carbon footprint crap coming in, which is completely fake. But anyway, because it's all coming in, I think they're going to start charging you a second delivery fee. You're going to start getting into many more arguments with delivery drivers. Delivery drivers are going to become the new quote unquote gods. It's almost like having a prison tag in and then having a curfew. And if the police or the probation ring and you're not there or you don't ring them back within 15 minutes, you're in trouble. It's back off to prison with you. It's almost like that. You have to be in between this time and this time or else. Now, with this particular company that I'm talking about here, they were delivering between eight o'clock in the morning and six o'clock in the evening. So we effectively have to be in all day, which is completely outrageous. I don't know anybody who can stand the vigil all day waiting for a cardboard box to be delivered. I think that's absolutely pitiful. But I do worry and I do think, you know, if they start putting things into two to three hour time slots and you miss it and you're not there or the delivery driver says you weren't there 
because they're a bit behind schedule. And they'll be getting pressed by their bosses to deliver more and to be quicker and to be more efficient. Money, 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 all of that business. But watch out. There's so many times over the past two or three years in particular where I've thought, hmm, I don't like where this is going. These deli- this delivery driver stuff is, I think it's becoming, da- I think we're setting a dangerous precedent to allow them to tell us when we have to be home. It's like a curfew. You're almost beholden to the time that this guy is going to deliver your box of crap from Amazon. No, I'm sorry. This is not the way around it should be. They're here to provide a service. And so what if you're not in the first time? They're supposed to serve you. They're supposed to deliver the items to you safely, courteously, and in a manner that's appropriate for you. But no, that's not the behavior we're seeing. And I think this carbon thing is going to come into it. And like I said, there's going to be additional second delivery charges, third delivery charges. You know, you might end up on a blacklist where people won't deliver to you anymore because you're not in at the right times. Or they say that my favorite is when they tell you that your address is incorrect. <laughs> Why would I put a wrong address into a delivery order? Why would anybody do that? Why would you not put the correct address? What they mean is they can't be bothered to find it or it doesn't come up on their Google map or on their particular whatever it is. It's just an excuse. It's, a, it's an absolute excuse. I had that from UPS. This uh, Here you go. Here's another one. Oh, I can't say it's UPS, can I? Um, a major logistics it probably wasn't, you know what I'm like with names. It probably wasn't UPS. It was probably DHL or something. But anyway, UPS said they couldn't find us this week. This house has been here for over 70 years. It's literally on a road. It's not a main road, but it's got tarmac on it, which is pretty good for around here. And I see UPS drive past my house about twice a week, not necessarily coming to us, but you know, delivering around here. So they do know where we are. I mean, for goodness sake, if satellite navigation systems, basic ones, cheap ones, know where we are, then there's no reason they can't find us. Anyway, they said, we attempted delivery today at 3.30. It's like, no, you didn't. I was here and so was my husband and so was my dog. And my dog goes batty. You might have heard him a little earlier in this recording. He goes batty when the postie shows up or anyone. If a car starts driving unusually slowly past the house, the dog goes nuts. I have no idea why. It's just what they do. So there's no way we missed an attempted delivery. And I can see from the area of France that the delivery driver was in that they weren't anywhere near us. They were not even in the right department, the correct region. So. They said, you have to telephone us and it costs this much per minute to telephone us, yada, yada, yada. And of course, it would have been in my second language, which I'm not very good at. I'm still not good on the telephone, I have to say, in in French. So I'm okay in person, but on the telephone, it's really, really difficult. Anyway, I didn't phone them and I thought, oh, this is they're going to just send it back and we're going to get refunded, but we're not going to get the goods and I want the goods. Anyway, the next day, a miracle happened. Without having any extra input or information from me, the UPS guy managed to find the address. Isn't that funny? So my address wasn't incorrect and I didn't need to call them at a great expense and frustration and Google Translate or Reverso Translate or the French Dictionary. I didn't have to get all of that out and try and make some sort of half-baked telephone call in a foreign language. It was completely unnecessary. They just screwed up. And instead of being honest, they're trying to bias this. They're trying to slant it all their way so that you, the customer, are naughty. You behave badly. It's social credit, isn't it? Social credit system-esque. Like you're not, you weren't in for your delivery. So you have to pay a second charge because you're harming the planet because you are irresponsible. You weren't there when we tried to deliver your box of crap from Amazon. I literally think that's where we're going. So I shall not belabor the point any further. Delivery drivers as the new gods, and she spits after she says that. We have to stop this. Please, please start getting shirty with, not necessarily with the delivery driver, him or herself, but the company that you're ordering things from and or the logistics company that's delivering them. Because if we don't push back on this, we're going to box ourselves into our our own kind of uh, 
curfews, if you will, mini curfews in the middle of the day or whenever they want because, oh, we're delivering between this time and this time. And maybe those windows of delivery that you have over there, two hours, three hours, they might get shorter. What if it's 30 minutes? What if it's an hour and a half? Like this, I just don't think this is a good place to go at all, at all, at all. So do be careful out there. Watch out. We cannot let these delivery drivers become the new gods. That's all I have for you for this week. I bet you're relieved, aren't you? My goodness, my goodness. Before, but I must leave you on a good note. On a good note, I did write this down earlier. Here's my stroke of luck for the week. Emmanuel Macron, the glorious leader of France, spits again, the weft puppet. In his genius, he dictated, and it was a dictat, that everybody's carte vitale, that's their medical information, their social security medical card, the carte vitale, the vital card, would be automatically linked to our bank accounts. So that means your medical history, all your medical information is linked to your bank account here in France. The UK column did a little bit on that quite a while back, and I couldn't believe it, but I went and checked it out and it was absolutely spot on. Anyway, I was wondering how to go about closing my account without drawing too much suspicion. Well, I got helped out. They closed it for me. My medical records are now not linked to any bank account, which is fantastic news. And I didn't have to do it myself because I'm such a bad person. My French bank account has booted me out already ahead of time and I can no longer log into my account. So I can't get any of my... I hope the tax dudes don't come knocking because I literally can't get access to my bank statements because they're all online. Remember that one from earlier? (laughs) Yeah, it's not paperless... uh, for you, it's paperless for them. That's what they meant. It's going paperless. Yes, they're going paperless. So it doesn't cost the banksters paper. So it doesn't cost the banksters ink. It doesn't cost the banksters extra envelopes. It's to cost you because you have to print it out at home now to comply with taxation, which is just another form of theft, isn't it? Anyway, I really better stop there. Stroke of luck. It's all good. My medical records and my bank account are now not linked because I just don't have a bank account. What could be better than this? I have no idea what will be next. I dread to think what I'll be telling you in two weeks' time, but uh, I'm still smiling. I hope you are too. Have a fantastic week and watch out for my special guest next Sunday. Have a great week, guys. Take back your individual sovereignty and that of your family. Visit sarahplumley.substack.com and subscribe for free to stay up to speed with all things education, not indoctrination.